Hey, welcome to the Outside Church in Port St. Lucie, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out. Hope it encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. We're going to present our pastor, Jose, with the word of the Lord. Glory to God. Give the church, give some glory and praise. Give them another worship just for a few more seconds. Because even though the winds and the rain came last week, he was able to still move online. He was still able to move in your homes. But you know what? Today is a new day. He allowed us to be in this place. Even if it's just four walls, even if you're just watching online, it is a new move of the Spirit in this place today. And I saw a young man walk in earlier before with a shirt that says, Just God just God could make it happen again just God can make make this word happen again just God can bring us together in one in one spirit in one heart to be able to be here to be able to worship him to be able to lift up his name just God amen 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 you may be seated you may be seated I am so happy to be able to be here once again um you know, missing church, not missing church, but not being able to congregate together again was, was something that, you know, it, it, there's something different when we all come together. And, and, and just being able to see the move of the Spirit with everybody here in one accord, it's just an amazing experience to be able to be here and, and be blessed with that. Now, with all the rain that we've been having, I was, I was actually getting ready to build an ark. I was going, I was thinking about going through the neighborhood to pick up any stray cats, any stray dogs, because it's been raining so much. But you know what? The winds and the rain isn't going to stop the move of God. It isn't going to stop it here. It isn't going to stop it then. It isn't going to stop it now. We are still going to be able to experience the move of God when we praise his holy name. Amen. And that being said, you know, being able to to not just experience the love of God, but to also give the love of God to you to be able to demonstrate the love of God. And we had a team that went out yesterday out to Indian Town. Can we give it up for the team that went out to our, our, our outreach yesterday in Indian Town? And we were able to bless so many people with not just food, but with clothes and activities for the kids. That's what we do here at the Outside Church. That's where we get the name, the Outside Church, is be able to get out of the four walls. Doesn't matter if, if it's you know just here in, in Port St. Lucie, but we want to reach beyond Port St. Lucie. Those people who are in need need. So we, we, we praise those people. We, we honor those people. We're so blessed by those people because God put them in the right place at the right time to serve the right people. Amen. So I want to go ahead and get into the word. I'm, I'm kind of anxious on this because, you know, I, I, I've, I've, been, I've been so, so nervous about being able to, to give it. But you know what? The, the spirit knows what he's doing. Amen. The spirit knows what he's doing, not not just through me, but he knows what he's doing in everybody here. Right. He brought together the right people at the right time. Even if you're listening online, if you're watching online, you're here and there's a purpose why you're here and there's a purpose why you're watching. Amen. So what the, the, the title for today is consuming fire. And if you could just open up your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter four, Deuteronomy chapter four. And we're going to be reading verses twenty three and twenty four. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 23 to 24. If you have your Bibles, open your Bibles. If you have your Bible apps, go ahead and open that up. If not, it's going to be on the screen. And we want to read that. I want to read that together with you because it's going to lead us into what God has for us today. So it says, verse 23, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 23, it says, Be careful 
not to forget the covenant of the Lord your God that he had made with you. Do not mistake for yourselves an idol in the form of anything the Lord God has forbidden. Verse 24, for the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. I'm going to read that again. Verse 24, for the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. Now, when we re begin to read this, we begin to catch a glimpse of what God expects from his people by the laws at the time that were given to them. We serve a God that's not going to take the back seat. He's not going to take second place to anything. Not then and not now. Not then and not now. A God who's a consuming fire of holiness and righteousness. A God that will not accept anything less from you. He will not accept anything less from you. He is worthy of all of you. Not just a portion, but all of you. Every portion of you. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, God reminds his people. He's talking to Israel at the time through Moses about the commandments that were given to them. But in this instance, specifically in this instance, he warns them about falling into idolatry. Now, if you can imagine, this was a time where, where Israel was, was recently freed from the captivity. They were recently freed from the, the, the grips of slavery in Egypt. And they, this didn't just happen by an instance. It didn't happen by chance. There was a plan behind it. And God showed himself every step of the way when they were in Egypt. He showed himself every step of the way with each of the plagues that he sent to them. He, he showed them as they, he led them through the, the, the parting of the Red Sea. He, he showed them in the desert with the, the pillar of the cloud and the pillar of the fire. He showed them who he was and who he is. There was no comparison with the power demonstrated. There was no, none ever before the demonstration that God, that, sh that, showed, that God showed them through this time. They had never seen it before. But when we speak on that, on that idolatry that he had to mention in Deuteronomy 4, why did God had to mention that topic. Why did he bring up that topic of the idolatry? It's because the people of Israel had shown their flaw. I know some of us can, can relate to that. We have our flaws. We're not perfect. They had shown their flaw into looking into something to worship that wasn't worthy. We saw in Exodus 32 about the golden calf that they had constructed when Moses was on Mount Sinai speaking to God. The people could see the fire and the clouds. They knew that there was something happening right there. They knew the presence of God was there. But instead, they still constructed an idol out of gold. See, this is just, you know, talking about idolatry. But there's a big picture to this. And it was about sin. And that was just one example of what God was talking about. Now, I'm just going to take a sidebar just for a second. You know, where I work, we have a lot of rules and policies and procedures about what we can and cannot do. And usually those rules and policies and procedures come up because somebody did something they shouldn't have. So each of those rules and policies and procedures had somebody's name attached to it. So here we go again, looking at the people of Israel. God saying, I already gave you the Ten Commandments. Why do I have to tell you again? If you thought you could do this, when I told you you couldn't do this, why would you do it again? It's that reminder. So when I go to work and I read those policies and procedures and I see what I can and cannot do, I said, yeah, somebody messed up then. 
So they needed to re the reminder because people tend to fall back into their old habits. They fall back in those old habits even though they forget. Why do they forget? Those people, again, they saw the wonders and miracles that God had provided to them, and yet they forgot. So here it is. Even after giving them Ten Commandments, he tells them again, I'm going to emphasize this. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall have no other gods before me. But did things change here as it did a thousand years ago? No. Did it change since 2,000 or 3,000 years ago? No. People still keep doing the same mistake over and over again. It's not God that has changed. God hasn't changed. Pastor said it just a minute ago. God is th was the same yesterday, today, and forever. God has not changed. It's the people that have changed. It's their minds that have changed. It's their hearts that have changed. It's their spirits that have changed. And he's drawing us back to it. And the same mistakes that the Israelites made, people still make now. So go figure. You think we would have got it right by now. Even having the Bible, the instructions to life, you think we would have we got it right by now. But we still fall. And at times we have to be told there's no room for any other God. God will not share his glory with worthless idols. Deuteronomy 4 verse 28 says, We will not share with gods of wood and stone which cannot see or hear or eat or smell. Our God is a jealous God. He doesn't, he doesn't share his throne with anything else or anybody else. He is God, period. And it's not just the things that we can construct and hold in our hands or, or mount on a wall or, or, or put on the side of the road. It's not just those things, but it, it's those things that we hold in our heart that can become those idols, those replacements for God. And yet those things don't do anything. They are not sufficient. For what God and who he is. But we know that all the glory belongs to him. We know that all the praise belongs to him. We know that all, he is the creator of the heavens and the earth. And why do we begin to place our face, faith in those things that cannot, will not ever respond back to us? Why do we trust creation more than the creator? Why do people tend to place greater importance on those things of the natural instead of the God of the supernatural. He's not looking to take second place to your job, your house, your money, your family, your eagles, your, your self-worth. It isn't going to be any of those things. He's not taking second place. He's not going to take a silver medal. He's going to take your gold medal. He wants the one that, that, that position that's going to be the highest in your place. He's going to be in that position that's the highest in your heart. So where or what do we do? It says Romans 12.1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. This is your true and proper worship. So when we place God in the right position, when we place God where he is supposed to be in our lives, then can we only give him the, the true and proper worship, worship that he is worthy of? The true and proper worship of your entire body, of your entire life, of your entire spirit and your heart. 
is your true and proper worship. So let's get real, church. Let's get real about this. I know we like to talk about how loving God is and how merciful God is. And he is. But we also have to, we have a responsibility as church. We have a responsibility as believers to tell, that, tell people that hell is hot. Hell is hot. And the consuming fire of God's judgment is more powerful than any flame on earth. I know pastor spoke earlier about the flames in, in California and how many thousands of acres it burned. But hell is hotter and it's going to burn a whole lot more if people don't turn around and repent. <laughs> the judgment will fall. It says in Revelation 20, 15, anyone whose name found, not found in the written, in the book of life, was thrown into the lake of fire. This is the consequence of sin. Now, I, I really wanted to preach a message that was uh, uplifting and tell you how great it is and tell you how, how God loves you. And he does, he does, he does. But there is also a consequence of not living the right life. There is also a consequence of, of, of not following his commands. There is also a consequence of, of, of falling repeatedly over and over and over again, just like we saw with the people of Israel, how they keep repeating that same mistake of falling into idolatry. Just they kept doing it. And here we are in 2020. So many people in this world hear the word and they still choose to live an ungodly lifestyle whether in idolatry or anything else you can think of. But why? Because they put their own wants and desires ahead of what God has for them. They put their own wants and desires ahead of God himself. They put their own wants and desires in the place where God is supposed to reside in their hearts and in their spirits. They put their own wants and desires without even consulting the spirit god is this what you have for me today god is this what you have for me tomorrow is this the person i'm supposed to be with today is this the person i'm supposed to be with the rest of my life is this the job that i'm supposed to take is this this next step that i'm supposed to be in is this the phase of the life of my life that you want me to be in some people tend to stop when they're supposed to walk and some people walk when they're supposed to stop And even in the church, we see people with one foot in the door and one foot out of the door, not fully committed. And I, again, I ask, why? Why does that happen even after we hear the word, whether it's every Sunday or in a Bible study or with the, the numerous social media uh, uh, churches that we see online and they're good word. And yet we still see Christians, believers who call themselves believers, one foot in. And one foot out. We need to understand that God does not send people to hell. God does not send people to hell. He honors their choice. God does not send people to hell. He honors their choice. Because he's given a choice. He says, here I am at the cross, paid for your sin, fully paid. You choose a way. Hell has a door that's locked. There's only one person that I can think of 
that even has the ability to open that door. And his name was Jesus when he conquered the grave. His name was Jesus when he went out to hell and said, give me the keys because I am here to give everlasting life. But for those who are in sin, there's a way in, but there's no way out once it's too late. It kind of makes me think about some people that I've, I've seen with tattoos or T-shirts and, and my experiences at work. And they have, it says, only God can judge me. Or the shirt says, only God can judge me. And I say, yeah, only God can judge you. Nobody in here can judge you. They can look at you all cross-eyed and whatnot. They can look at you, you know, one way up and down and whatnot. But only God can judge you. And he will. If you're not walking right, if you're not living right, if you're not living according to the word of God, then yes, you will be judged by God. The consuming fire of his holiness, the consuming fire of his righteousness is going to judge you and it demands righteousness in your life. It demands it. And again, with those people playing church, dabbling with sin, and eventually they find themselves burned. It reminds me of the nursery rhyme. Jack be nimble, Jack be quick. Jack jump over the candlestick. And you know what? Eventually Jack got burned. And if you keep playing with the spirit, you're going to get burned. If you keep playing with the fire of the judgment, you're going to get burned. Because in Matthew 7, 21, it tells us those, even those who say, Lord, Lord, will not enter the kingdom of heaven. It's nice to, to go out and, and say, amen, brother, shake your hand. It's nice to come here and sit, open up your Bibles once a week. But he's not looking just at what's on the outside. He's looking at what's on the inside. So our hearts need to be in the right place in order to give proper worship to God. Not just one time a week, but every day of the week. Every living moment that you have to be able to give God the, the most that you have, the praise that you have, to, to be able to, to breathe another breath of praise just to the God who lives. Hebrews 9 27. It says, just as people are destined to die once and after that face judgment. So Christ, verse 28, verse so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many. And he will appear in a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. So yes, we are destined to die once. Yes, if you're, if you're not living the life that God has for you, you will face that judgment. But when you place your trust, your full, undeniable, your, your full portion of yourself, everything that you have, if you've placed that in, the, in Jesus and the sacrifice that he made, he came to bring salvation. Church, that's why it's so important that we remain rooted into the word of God, sanctified by the blood of Jesus, not separated from him, but attached to the vine. Because it says, those who remain in me, I will remain in you. John 15, 4. Jesus tells us himself, if you remain in me, I will remain in you. That's not, that's not a iffy. That's, he is saying as a definite, this is my word and this is how it's going to be. Can you remain in him? Can you remain in him now? Can you remain in him tomorrow? When nobody's looking. Because God is still God. 
and we, he is still in control. Our ultimate worth is found in his ultimate glory. Our ultimate satisfaction is found in abandoning ourselves for his ultimate worth, to, for him to call us his prized possessions. Thank God he is good and God always provides a way. So God's a consuming fire, and with that consuming fire comes judgment for those who don't follow the word. But that same consuming fire for a believer isn't just the judgment. That same consuming fire that we seek as believers is something so much more, something so much different. It's a fire that's refining. It's a fire that's changing. It's a life changing fire because we know what the word of God says and what he has for us so we seek it and that consuming fire changes what it touches you see now fire in the natural is one of the most powerful things in this world it can destroy but it also can create it provides heat which is a source of life and existence in all nature it purifies corruption and it removes all impurities. Gold and silver are purified by the flame. I know Sister Luce spoke about gold and silver and building our riches in heaven. God sees us as the same way as his gold and silver. Our, we are his prized possessions. And in Malachi chapter 3 verse 2, it says, But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand... And when he appears, for he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will, he will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. So it's not just the Levites, the people who prepared the temple and worked into the temple. He's talking about us, the people that are here in the temple right now. Who here is ready to be refined like gold and silver? Now I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you it's not easy. So we look at those metals, the gold and the silver, and they're heated up practically to the point of boiling. The impurities in that process are separated, leaving the precious metals even more pure. And those metals are then reshaped and repurposed and later polished and become our prized possession. So if you're sitting here and you have a ring, a wedding ring, a necklace, those things that you're wearing right now, doesn't matter what, what kind of jewelry or kind of metal you're wearing, it went through that process. And it caused you to walk into a store, or maybe somebody else walked into a store, into Tiffany's or somewhere else, and they saw that and they said, man, that's beautiful. But they didn't see it when it was in its rough form, just dug up out of the ground. So when God sees you in the mud and he says, I'm going to extract that and I'm going to put it through the fire and I'm going to reshape it and I'm going to polish it. I'm, he's talking about you and what he sees in you. He's talking about you and what your future is going to be. He's talking about your worth and what he sees about your worth. When we often speak about God, we talk about him as the potter molding the clay. But sometimes we need to see him as a blacksmith. Because some of us, and I will say for myself, some of us are like metal. We're a little bit harder to work with than, than the clay itself. 
He's going to have to heat us up. He's going to have to mold us a little bit harder. He's going to have to hit us with a hammer. He's going to have to put us in that flame. Because some of us are not as easy as that clay. Some of us are just harder to work with. Metals like steel and iron are strengthened by the fire. Now, believe it or not, without this process, which is called tempering, these metals are actually more brittle. They, they get them, they mine them, and these metals are actually weaker, even though they seem stronger. And they're prone to break under stress or impact. So when they're passed through the fire, when they go through the process, they actually reduce the hardness, but increase its flexibility under pressure. So just when you think you're here tough enough just to be able to do it on your own, just when you think you were, you were able to handle and put all the burdens on your shoulder, just when you thought you were like that steel and iron that hasn't been tempered, guess what? When just the right moment, you're going to break. You're going to break. But when God passes you through the fire and he begins to soften you up just a little bit, he begins to heat you up. He's saying, nope, I'm making you, I'm preparing you for something else. I'm preparing you for a battle. I'm preparing you to be stronger because something else is going to be coming up against you. And I need you to be ready for that. So the refining fire of consuming, the, the, the refining fire of the consuming fire of God is one that many of us aren't even prepared to endure. We're not even prepared to deal with it. And some people just don't want to because it's too demanding. It's even painful. It calls for us to change those things we don't want to. It heats us up so that those impurities come out. Just when you think you've gotten something something deep inside and you're hiding it deep inside those impurities are going to come out when you start when your feet hit the flame those things are going to be coming out when you think nobody's looking when you think nobody sees what's going on he says i'm going to put you to the flame because i need to take something out there's something in you that doesn't belong so i'm going to put you in the flame and when you think things are getting too hot those are things that are god that is taking out he's just taking those things out one step at a time in that process he's tempering you for many, that heat is just too much to handle. And when that process begins, they jump out too soon. And then that's when we see people fall. It says here in Psalm 139.23, and I laugh because, again, Pastor mentioned it earlier. And when the word comes together, even though we hadn't spoken about anything, the God that we serve aligns everything. The God that we serve, he puts everything together as a puzzle piece. Everybody here is here for a reason. Everybody here is that puzzle piece. And I laugh because he says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Those are those things that God is talking about. When David wrote this, he says, there's things, those impurities in me, in, in my heart, God. I want you to search those out. I want you to put me to the flame. I want you to extract those impurities and make me pure like the silver and gold. I want you to make me stronger like steel and iron. I need you to put me through the process. I need you to put me through the fire so I can have purpose in you, God, so I can be rooted in you God so I can be stronger in you God so when the attacks come when things come to strike me that I can't stand firm in your word God so I can stand here to deliver a message for your people God mm. 
We can't wait till it's too late. Because when we leave this temporary world and we haven't lived a holy life that's pleasing to God, then we will face the judgment of this consuming fire. So now, now of, of all times, it's of utmost importance that we begin to see those things in our lives, that we begin to work on those things in our lives, that we allow God and the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. And while we still have time here and now, let's submit ourselves to the refining process of God to be forged in fire. When we come out different as new creatures, strengthened, we come out renewed. We're reborn with a purpose that God has designed for us. And I think about it this way. When the attacks come, the, the difficulties arrive, we can stand firm on the God that, has, that you serve, knowing that nothing can separate you from him, proven by his holy fire to be able to remain unmovable. So uh, like a sword, it reminds me of a sword to be tempered so that not just to be able to withstand those attacks when they come, but to be able to repel those attacks, to be able to resist the enemy. And to resist the enemy is not just stand back, but to be able to fight back. And that's why here at the Outside Church, when we're going into 2021, and again, I'm referring to what was said earlier. We're here in 2020, and we've been on the defense all this time, and we, we've been fighting back and on the defense and fighting back. But here we go into 2021. God is calling us to be standing firm, to be refined by the fire, to be able to resist this enemy, because TOC, the outside church, is coming into 2021 with a spirit of resistance, to be able to resist and fight back, to be able to say, devil, you thought you had us in 2020, but here we come in 2021. You thought you had us down, but we got up. You thought you were going to keep us back, but we're moving forward. You thought you were going to stop this word. We're going to say it even louder in 2021. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm so looking forward to 2021, but I'm beginning now. So my questions, these are my questions to you. To be able to, to self-analyze yourself. Can you withstand the fire now? Can you go through the refining fire now or face the consuming fire later when it's too late? See, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel 6 were literally put into the fire when they refused to bow down to the king. But God stood by, the, by their side. And just as God stood by their side in that moment of heat, in that moment of persecution, in that moment of judgment, that same God is standing right here. His presence is here right now. His presence is with his people in the time of a pandemic. His presence is here with his people when they thought he was, they were abandoned. He says, I never left you and I never forsake you. I am here with you right now. So in closing, there were many people today that because of what's gone on within this past year have turned away from God. They've lost hope. They found themselves looking to something else other than God. So what have we placed ahead of God? What idols have we constructed ahead of God? Was it a financial crisis? 
Was it a personal relationship? Was it a pandemic? Do we think about those things more than we do about God? What's going to happen when the time of judgment comes? Are we ready? Are you ready? See, those laws that were given to the people were written in stone. Actually, literally, they were written in stone. And Moses dropped them and broke them. He had to write them again. God had to write them again. And those laws were that if broken meant absolute death. But I'm going to say this. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God that Jesus came to die on the cross to give us a salvation. Thank God that he made a way when we thought there was no way. Thank God that we were covered by the blood, no longer just bound by the law, but saved by grace. And just when we thought that there was a Jesus hanging on a cross and with his arms outstretched, his arms are still outstretched, but he's no longer hanging on a cross. His arms are outstretched, calling you to the fold. His arms are outstretched, saying, come to me, I will give you rest. Come to me, I will give you the everlasting life. Come to me, I will give you that, 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 that love that you so desire. Saved by grace. So our opportunity is now to recognize that we need God more than ever before. And just like we did in the, in the first service, I'd like for everybody to stand up. Because this is something for everybody to, to self-analyze, to look into, to be able to realize that God, moving forward, we need you more than ever before. And I need you to take that place here and now. And if you're here and you're listening to this message and you, you're thinking to yourself, I've, I've been a believer for quite some time. I know of God. I've read about him. I even had an encounter. But things changed. Now's your time to realign yourself and get back into that process. Now's that time for you to be able to go through the fire, to be able to go through the refining process, to be able to become renewed into something that He has destined you to be. If you've never done this before, if this is the first time you're hearing of the Word, then I want you to take this opportunity to reach out to Him. And if you could, just right where you are, just raise your hand and pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come before you a sinner. I have fallen many times, even though I heard your word. I have fallen so low that I thought that I could never get up. But Father God, I heard your word, I heard your name. And I speak your name right now, Jesus. And I ask you to come into my life right now. I ask you to be my personal savior right now, Jesus. I ask you to take over everything about me, Lord God, to make me new, a new creature in you, to change those things of the old and take them away, to take away those impurities that don't belong in my mind and in my heart. And Lord God, from this moment forward, I will follow you in spirit and in truth. And I ask that you be with me every step of the way until you call my name. I thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice. And it's because of you that I'm here today.
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, if you prayed that prayer today, I welcome you into this family. I welcome you into this, to this, to this union of this church, of this, of this covenant with God. He made a promise to you that if you called on his name, he would be there. If you called on his name, he would save you. Because just like it says in John 3.16, for everyone who believes in him will be saved. And we celebrate with you. The outside church celebrates with you. If you're online and you said that prayer, we celebrate with you. Because this is what it's about. It's about lifting up the name of Jesus. It's about reaching those who still need to be reached. And we love you. And we know, we, we know that God has so much more for you. If you're online, reach out to us. Leave a comment on, on one of our social media platforms. We want to be able to celebrate with you. If you're here in this place and you said that prayer, we want to be able to get to know you and celebrate with you as well. If, if, wherever you might be, you don't have to be here at the outside church. Find a church that preaches the word of God. Find a church that preaches the unadulterated, unchanging word of God. It doesn't have to be here. It could be somewhere else. But we celebrate you, we honor you, and we look forward to what God has for you in the future.